we've got this ancient software evolved millions of years ago and we're running it in modern hardware modern society if we don't pathologize trauma if we look at it as transdiagnostic we can really see it expand so much more broadly and it also then opens itself up to being better understood and then that we can have better responses we can plan better how to move forward welcome to moving beyond trauma podcast i am kate brassington coaching psychologist and trauma-informed coach your guide and companion as we explore what trauma is and is not and demystify the myriad of ways that we can move beyond it to ease suffering and get the fun back. So here's a way of thinking about trauma that I would like to introduce you to because I find that it helps so much. Um, and I to, to thank for this um, viewpoint is the many hours of study and reading I've done. Um, excellent essay by Liam Farquhar on Trauma Needs a Rebrand. Bessel van der Kolk, Peter Levine, Gabor Mate, Thomas Hubel are all leading writers, researchers um, of the last 20 to 30 years. So on. What I'm bringing to you now in this, so it's like the digested version. I'll put in the show notes um, where you can read more, but this is the digested version, okay? Trauma isn't what happens to you. That's the event or series of events. It's what happens inside of you as a result. That's the moment of overwhelm inside of you when the situation or situations that you were in, the cumulative effect of them, minded up to in some way to be more than you could bear. And some key things to know and understand about that to like give you give you a break, give you some self-compassion, is that it's much more likely to have a negative impact on you if you're trapped. If you can't run away, if you can't escape or defend yourself. And so to understand that, I'll go into it a bit more in a moment. Okay. So there's something really powerful happens inside of you as a result. And this is supernatural, normal and routine for our evol human evolution. Okay. That's how we evolved to respond. The issue I'll cover in this is how that gets pathologized, um, how it gets treated and has been treated for many years now, like an illness or an undesirable or a frightening or scary thing that shows up in other humans that we want to stamp out and we don't want people to behave in that way. And then I want to talk about how this knowledge can really help us. Um, you know, there's, there's such a wonderful light at the end of the tunnel now that there really hasn't been for many years. Okay. So first of all, so when that trauma happens inside of you, um, and I'll put a link to the show notes, which is the, um, the, we're turning mainly to polyvagal here, theory here. Again, that theory is an idea. It's um, been around now for 20 to 30 years. It's still in the boxing ring. In good science, it's being tested and proven. So don't swallow it hook, line and sinker. thinker. <laughs> um, but take from it these um, pieces of information, these nuggets I'm going to share with you and see what you think. Okay. So in your nervous system, you have the capacity to respond immediately to a direct threat um, to your body or to your something that in our mind we equate with our body. So our family members, people who are dear to us, our possessions, um, our property, that kind of thing. We can really um, feel an absolute sense of threat to our survival. And so we can react mainly in, in that level we of the, the polyvagal system. Um, we react uh, in terms of um, fight or flight. 
So either going to fight back and protect ourselves, our stuff, our family or whatever, or we're going to flee and get out of the situation um, and come back again another day, wait till later, whatever happens. We can do these things. There's a hijack that happens in the amygdala um, where we our logical brain goes offline because you don't want to be like pondering about whether this is a good idea or not. You want to go, 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 go. So um, this happens very quickly um, and we react and we fight or flight. So that is a trauma response. That's a reaction to a traumatic event where you are able to carry out the full movement of the, you know, the response. Okay. You were able to fight. You were able to run away. Um, there may be elements of that that could be traumatizing for you. But in fact, um, the research shows that if you're able to carry out those activities, that's um, very, it, all that huge amount of energy um, that's been built up into your cells while you do that gets expended naturally. And this is what happens in the animal kingdom. We can, lots of lovely images of, you know, animals who respond in this fight or flight um, way and they're completely fine. And this is the same for us humans. Um, then it drops a level deeper um, when you can't fight or flight. What happens then is that you freeze. Now, this is not a freeze of like, I'll just, I'll talk about that in a minute. There is there is a type of freeze where you just stay quiet. <laughs> um, but at a nervous system level, if you get a complete shutdown to the point where you have collapse um, or complete freeze, like you go floppy, that's in the jaws of the crocodile. Um, that's in the under the grip of the rapist, you know, this is, this is, um, a type of freeze that you, uh, become a little bit, um, you know, survivors accounts really describe how they couldn't have done anything, even if they'd wanted to, that this, it became all a bit dreamlike that the thing was just happening all around them. And they began to notice their thoughts and their thoughts maybe turned to, or oh, maybe I'm going to die or noticing some, you know, small details of grass that they're lying on. You know, there's something, your your, your awareness completely changes because the nervous system has kicked in to protect you from, at this point, really, it's from the pain of death. Um, and that's what its primary survival function is, is to help us not experience the horrific pain that is going on or pain of death. Um, and so this, um, again, is quite natural um, to get such a level of energy built up into our into our bodies, into our cells and into our mind that we freeze. And then the danger passes, whatever the thing ends and we move on. Um, now, in the animal kingdom, you'll see a lot of shaking happens um, or the antelope runs or the bunny rabbit runs or whatever. You know, there's the, the animal in the process of then running away. So you're carrying out the flight um, you're then um, able to expend a lot of that energy. And again, the system comes back into balance and is in um, there's like this post-trauma um it's like I can't, like a response the response is ended the thing is done that's it over with we're finished here um what happens as so with us humans we've got the social engagement system so we've got a different part of our brain logic brain that kicks in and it observes and narrates and it thinks about these things that are happening to us and a lot of our pain it's um psychologists talk about primary pain so that was you in the jaws of the lion secondary pain oh i'm such a prat i shouldn't have 
gone there. I knew I shouldn't have gone out today. I knew, whatever, whatever. So we give ourselves a kicking in our own mind. Um, and that's often secondary pain. And the thing about social engagement system is that um, it evolved. Um, it's like the most modern part of the human brain. So it evolved around the time of us um, moving into living in groups. Um, so we're really connected. Our survival is really deeply rooted, connected into our like the makeup of our body and mind and our nervous system with the group that we're in. Um, and that really connects to our survival. Like it's a danger threat level for us if we um, do something that tricks us into the out group that gets us expelled from the group um, and we become we're able to um, read the signals from other people very well and this is what most of people who come to coaching this is the level at which most um, of the kind of work that I deal with is is happening so you're being um, under high pressure at work, you're being bullied, uh, you've got an abusive relationship, you know, that kind of thing. Like, how come you can't just walk out or speak up? Hmm. There's a load of social norms around that whole scenario that hold you into that. Um, they lock you in place and they stop you from fighting back or running away uh, because it's not okay to just stand up and run out of the conference room when your work's being attacked by the CEO or whatever. So we live in a very interesting construct, which is that we've got this ancient um, software that evolved millions of years ago, and we're running it in modern hardware, modern society. Um, and this, you know, it it shows up like, um, oh, what's wrong with me? Why can't I just cope with this high stress environment? Everyone else is fine. Or why can't I just bounce back from that car crash or um, that, or that thing that happened to me? So just wanting to bring your awareness to um, how trauma can work um, in the body and mind and soul or spirit um, at the sense of, or at the level of where you are really um, trying your best in the modern day world to move forward and you keep finding yourself stuck. You're in a um, fight or flight or freeze reaction. Um, there's a type of freeze, which you'll have heard about probably called fawn. Um, which is where you appease your attacker um, or you appease the person um, who's a threat to you. Um, and it's it, it's really the same as the, the freeze. It's like a light freeze response. Um, and so um, you cannot like speaking out when you see injustice happening or someone's um, being, I don't know, like racial abuse on the bus. Do you, what do you do? You just sit there and kind of you're working it out so much that you haven't you know the moments passed um that's something that i've experienced so there's like a fawn response like don't don't look at me don't don't notice me i'll just stay here quietly um and that and like in the that's a whole nother episode on its own it's like how do we overcome that when we know that what the thing the right thing to do is to unfreeze ourselves and move forward um so allyship there's a big big area of allyship right there which I won't go into now, but it's it's so important. Um, so we've got this, we understand the polyvagal system, um, this kind of way, this lens of understanding the nervous system. Um, and we can see already that it must be transdiagnostic. I mean, it's like easy for me to say that now. Okay. You, you don't split out just one part of each of those things. And then all the kind of negative sequelae that you could experience afterwards is one thing. Anxiety, depression, fear, night sweats, um, physical pain, 
ailments, um, you know, the list goes on and on and on of the kind of impact of when that energy isn't properly expelled from inside your body after the traumatic experience. Um, and it has it, it plays out in different ways. Um, and so often what we get in the last hundred years or so is, well, probably more than that, but in, I'm thinking about in terms of the modern, what we might call modern day psychology and psychiatry, when with the early days of that was actually a real um, difficulty in understanding that these types of responses that we're seeing in people, the soldiers from World War One, the shell shock, um, you know, were they, were they cowards? Were they? No, this was the most horrific life threat situation and they would be shot if they didn't go over the top and they would be shot if they did um and so they end up in psychiatric hospitals there's some amazing fascinating research i read last summer all around that just understanding how the psychiatry was basically going um i don't we don't think these people are sick we think this is a really this is a normal reaction to an abnormal situation and so that is a thread that comes through into my work a lot. Not that I'm equating what my people, although some of my battlefield veterans would would like really resonate with that scenario. But um, in the main, my executives and people like that that come coaching with me, um, they've been pathologized for some aspect of it, perhaps, or they're afraid to be pathologized. So there's the stigma of mental illness. There's the, oh, I'm anxious. I need to, they're medicating against anxiety or against depression or um, to pep themselves up for performance. And, you know, there's lots of, well, why can't I do this? I need to be able to perform better. Um, and there's this real, like, place where we if we don't pathologize trauma, if we look at it as transdiagnostic, we can really see it's ex it expands so much more broadly. And it also then opens itself up to being better understood and then that we can have better responses. We can, we can plan better how to move forward. And this is a big thing that, um, I then turn to and the work that in Liam's essay you see as well. There's lots now of this growing understanding that talk therapy isn't really where it's at for helping people because these reactions have happened at a cellular level in your body. They have happened in deep in the amygdala, in the brainstem. This isn't a thought through cognitive process. Um, so you'll have a memory laid down in a different part of your brain of the thing that happened and you'll be able to talk, perhaps even in some cases, be able to talk me through what happened. Um, but your visceral reaction um, that shows up again when you next time you walk down a dark alley or go into a meeting or present to 250 people, that reaction inside of you um, isn't cognitive. So there's there's a limit to talk therapy here. And this is what this wonderful research coming out over the last sort of 30 years has really opened up to us is this understanding that when you work with the body first and do a bodied kind of um, interpretation of what's going on, then you can enable the release of this trapped energy, um, the stuckness that happens around trauma and help the person to move on. Um, and the mo modalities, which you can um, again read out in Liam, gone on a lot about Liam's <laughs> essay, um, but like there's internal family systems, there's somatic experiencing, there's lots and lots of embodied um, work, lots of very trauma-informed um, yoga practice. You know, there's lots of different ways that you can find someone to work with um, to really um, who can get into that deeper stuff. Um, and once you've done that 
um, release, um, then then talk therapy finds its place. Um, and so this is often where people get your referral, like to EMDR, first of all, with a rapid eye movement desensitization, which um, is behind a clinical psychology paywall. So you're going to have to have someone who you're going to have to live in a country where this kind of diagnosis is possible and where this treatment is available and where there's funding for it, whether it's through your insurance or through your national health service of some kind. So it's let's just say that's not available to everyone. That's why I trained in havening techniques, because it's uh, thought to work in the same way, which is um, D deep brainstem and deep memory into the memory, into the where the memories are laid down in the brain and you're really interacting with um, how that memory is um, re-triggering emotional response long after the event has stopped and how you can help someone move on from that um, by delinking the emotion from the memory. Um, so that then, like with me, with my birth trauma, I can now remember having had that treatment of havening te techniques, I can um, was amazed that I carried this pain with me, this like total avoidance, not being able to, I mean, not just watch, call the midwife, but look at pregnant people. I mean, you know, anything to do with pregnancy and birth was just absolute nightmare. Um, never mind the room where it all happened. And all, like I just never went there in my brain because it was too massively too triggering. And then I got 45 minutes havening techniques and delinked the emotional charge from that traumatic memory and can now remember the moment that our eldest was born uh, without the associated cataclysmic clenching of my stomach and other physical reactions that would have previously gone on inside of me. So there really is... Um, I, and I'll do more episodes on lots of different ones, but like there's lots of ways in which you can find the right modality, but it might not be available just on your national health service or even through your insurer. You, you may be paying for some of this privately. And I think that there's really a power in that to people being able to choose the kind of thing that really works for them. Okay, so once you've released um, the uh, delink the emotional charge, you've done some of that deeper work, you've expended the energy uh, that had been stuck, um, then the talk therapies are really useful. Um, and there's particular types of cognitive behavioral and other approaches like that, um, do a lot with internal family systems, um, or gestalt type methodologies, where you're really helping the person to connect with um, the different parts of themselves, because we're not mono mind, right? So we've got these different parts of ourself, um, that step forward to protect us. Um, they get stuck in time as well. So we then help the body and the mind reintegrate by working together with all the different parts. Um, so there's a lot of hope now um, and a lot of access to really um, treatments that can make a difference. And it's not just talk therapy. And it's not all stuck inside a stigma of having to get a pathological diagnosis or a diagnosis of an illness or a problem in you before you can access these things. Um, for some people, that is the right pathway um, where illness or injury is indicated and um, folk like me are trained to help you work through like what are those things and what might be the next right step for you. But so much of my work is actually, <laughs> it's my unpaid work is um, helping people to explore the options that are open to them, which is just it's delicious. There's so much more available to us than there ever used to be. So I hope that this has been interesting, um, enlightening, and uh, let me know what you want more of. Thank you for listening to Moving Beyond Trauma. If you found it valuable, please forward it to others and be sure to subscribe to get the new episodes when they release. You can find me on LinkedIn, Kate Brassington, and Twitter, Kate Brassington 3 
and you'll find links and references to what we've covered in the show notes.